0: Safe Families is not, we are not a babysitting group. We are a life-changing group. And
1: Welcome to the Family Care Learning Podcast. My name is Erin Galloway. I'm the Family Support Services Supervisor at Christian Family Care. I oversee Safe Families for Children and our Pregnancy Counseling Program. Today we're gonna be talking about Safe Families. So I have the Smith family here with me. So this is Andrea and Tony, if you wanna share a little bit about yourselves and when you got started with Safe Families.
0: Yeah, okay, well, I'm Andrea, and we got started about a year ago um, with Safe Families, and um definitely was a leap of faith as we were stepping into it. Uh, I heard about it from a friend and um, I'll share a little bit about that too. We uh, started with safe families because I, w- I was in a book club and in this book club, um, one of the things in the story was that um, there was a girl in in a clinic going actually to get an abortion and another, a girl in that clinic asked her, how could you do such a thing? How could you come to this clinic to do such a thing? Um, there would be so many people who would adopt your child or care for your child. How could you do it? And the girl responds with, really? Because I was in foster care my whole life and nobody ever came for me. And I think that hit my heart so strongly because I thought, do you know how many churches there are in America and how many Christians there are? This should not be what children." are saying. So then I said, what are we doing? How are we answering this call? And uh, a friend said, well, have you ever heard of Safe Families? And I said, no. She told me about Safe Families. And I was like, this is the answer. This is the answer. How do we get involved in this? How do we bring this to my church? And, um, And yeah, so from that moment on, I was like, yes, Safe Families. And so that was a year ago when we started with that. Right when COVID started. (laughs) Right when COVID started, yeah. (laughs) So we started right at the beginning of that. Yeah, not even knowing what that was going to do. But I do know for sure that when, well, when God calls you to a ministry, He provides for that ministry. He sustains you through it. Um, He protects. And um, yeah, so it was really neat, I think, to see that because we were starting in such an unknown time of this ministry, but to see... First of all, that the work of God never stops, and the work of God's people never stops, no matter what is put in our way. So yeah, it was really definitely um, amazing to watch the ministry grow through a very unknown year. Mm -hmm. What about you, Tony? Uh, What was the question again?
1: (laughs) What drew you to say Families? I'm sure it was Andrea, because she's pretty (laughs) persuasive. Uh,
2: Well, yeah, like I had said in our meeting um, a while back, uh, if anyone knows Andrea, she get something, uh, <laughs> in her mind and she goes for it wholeheartedly. And so, um, I was not so passionate in the beginning. Um, I think that there are a lot of, uh, husbands and fathers that were like, no, we like our family the way it is. You know, we're a little hesitant, you know, busy at work, yeah. you know, how is that going to play out as we go? And, there was a specific point <clears throat> where I realized that I was getting in the way. Mm-hmm. I was, um, you know, just not, uh, letting it go. Right. And so i I realized, okay, I need to get out of the way and not hinder her, uh, ministry potential in that, you know, and be- become part of it. So, uh, That's how I got involved. And I was like, all right, let's just, next opportunity, just say yes. And then we got three (laughs) girls (laughs) for two months or something like that.
1: And you guys have two daughters. Can you share a little bit about how it's impacted them?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so we have two daughters, Lennon and Aislinn. They are about to be seven and three and a half. Um, And for us, it it was definitely a large part for us that we wanted our children to see ministry happening. We we wanted our lives to not just be this protected little comfortable life. We wanted to see, we wanted our children to see God working in mighty ways. So we knew that, we didn't know how that would be, but so um, in, inviting these children into our home meant that our girls had to share their toys, had to share their dinner table, had to share their beds, had to share all of their things, which I think was important because I think when, if things are always easy, it's, you know, you're not really stretching yourself. Mm -hmm. We're not really, um, allowing that to work. It's when they get a little hard that we have to persevere. So for our girls, um, watching them, it wasn't always easy for them. I would say for our youngest, it's a little bit harder for her, but it's always, just amazing to watch how they've grown and how much they have loved um on these children that have come into our home it's been a blessing for us to watch our oldest our oldest is no hesitation no the baby whisperer almost and um watching her just step up and care for the children that have come into our home and um and even watching our youngest the last hosting we just had i watched her kind of follow the little one around just kind of just, just being with her, so she has grown a lot in that. So, um, yeah, I think that has been just, just a blessing for us to see, to watch them grow through this ministry, and not only grow but take responsibility also for this ministry, and seeing um, how we love God by loving others. So that has been really awesome um, to observe, and then watching our girls, even just our oldest as the children come. And then obviously our goal is reunification that these children go back with their families and watching our, our little ones kind of, they loved on them so much, just even being sad when they go and when will we see them again? When can we care for them again? And so even them wanting to maintain relationships with these families has been neat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I always love seeing the excitement on the kids face, whether they're three or like we have families that have 15 year olds and teenagers. And so that's exciting. That shows the impact that it has on a family to be a host family. So we can talk a little bit about that. You're a host family with Safe Families. And Andrea, you're also a ministry lead at your church. So what is it like to be a host family? Um, We'll start with that. Okay.
0: Our, Our church has done it a really amazing way. I think the model that Safe Families has put out is really what what makes a family successful. So for us being a host family is we are welcoming the children into our home, caring for these children in our home for the specific amount of time. So parents can get back on their feet. Maybe they need some respite, whatever it is they're going through that we're caring for them. So that is um, yeah, just caring for them on a day to day basis. A large part is just having the support of our church as we go through it. Um, caring, caring for these children, and also having a great relationship with the birth family as well is part of our role, which is just a blessing all around. I think also part of being a host family is it's not easy. Um, It's definitely sacrifice to love on these children. A lot of them come from trauma, um, from hard places. So it's not easy, but it is very much worth it. And it is an incredible blessing to our family after when we see God work. And to our church, we get to see our church coming together um, to support us, to support the birth family, to provide in any way necessary. So um, yeah, I would say that that's what it is what it means to be a host family for us.
1: So what's it like to have a relationship with the uh, parents and long-term, what does that look like? Because I have some host families that are interested, but that scares them a little bit. The idea of caring for these kids, but also maintaining this relationship with the parents. Right,
2: right. Yeah. I, I thought about that too. Um, But as it happens, it's really not that big a deal. Um, It's not like you're calling them every day like your mom would call you or something like hey how's it going I think I can get you it's not that way it's you know contact every so often they have their own lives they want to get back to what they're doing Um, and uh, like Andrea would she actually took our girls and visited a family that we had hosted um, a couple different times and it was really nice for them really nice for our girls and uh, you know it was beneficial all around.
0: Yeah, and I would add to that too, that it might feel like a daunting task because we do, we have busy lives and it seems daunting to do that. I would say that it 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 does end up coming a little naturally. Like Tony said, it is not an every day, I must be doing this. It does come a little naturally. You fall in love with the children that come into your home and you have a desire to to know how things are going or to check in because it is, Safe Families is not, we are not a babysitting group. We are a life-changing group. And part of that life-changing is checking in. And And like Tony said, the family that we checked in with, um, it is, your children, these become their friends. These become part of their family and they, they, they wanna see them, so you, You check in with them, just little texts. Hey, was just thinking about you, was just praying for you. Um, Just wanted to see how things were going. Hey, we have some time. Would you be up for a visit this week? Um, Or anything you need from us this week, just little check-ins. One, that let them know you're thinking of them. Two, that keep those... um, Lines of communication, open. And three, let them know that they always have a village to come back to, because that really is the goal, that we become their village, that we surround them with that. So they know if they have a doctor's appointment, they can call. If they uh, need some parenting advice, they can call. So really, it's more just having an open line of communication than it is, I have to always be contacting this. And it really does, I think God puts such a desire for that naturally to play a role in our lives, just like you would kind of check in with any friends. Mm-hmm. It, it, I would say it's kind of like that. And um, yeah, and I have had m- multiple mothers respond to us with what you do is from above and we would not be where we are right now if it wasn't for you. So when you hear those things from these families, you're like, oh, this family's in my heart. This family's staying in my heart for a very long time. So, And
1: any struggle or hardship during that hosting was worth it in the end. Yes, absolutely. So Safe Families is a national movement. It's not a program, it's a movement. It's a movement that's geared towards mobilizing the church to serve families that are in crisis, with the ultimate goal of preventing these kids from going into state care and preventing child abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. So with that, we're taking these families who are alone and who don't have someone to call, taking them out of isolation and building them into community in a church community, um, within the whole, your community too, Mm -hmm. uh, because people want to know in your family, I'm sure, and your friends, like, what is this like? Like, Mm -hmm. What what does this look like? So I think that's what's so important. We know that people don't thrive alone. People thrive in community, and that's what's so important about safe families and giving the church the opportunity to serve because adoption and foster care is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. I've, in the last three years working in adoption, I've realized that it's not for everybody, and people want to serve. So there's so many opportunities for Safe Families volunteers to serve in different ways. And that's Mm -hmm. what I love about Safe Families is maybe you can't take kids into your home. Maybe that's a lot. And maybe you're not in a place to do that. Maybe you have really young children and feel like you just don't have the capacity for that. And that's fine. Well, if you are passionate about parents and helping parents and coming alongside of them, you can be a family coach. And that role is so important. That role is checking in uh, with that parent to support them, but also checking in on the host family, checking in for safety and just making sure everything's going well with the hosting. And you talked about resource friends and family friends, and those roles are so important. And I don't ever want to minimize those roles because that's who supports you during a hosting. Like that's who allows you to be able to do this with your own children. That's hard. Mm -hmm. And some of our families have four kids. So it's like being able to have those supports. That's how the movement continues and that's why we've seen it is when we have this whole team, this whole church wrapping around this one family who's been in a cycle of crisis. Like we want them out of that crisis and that's through community and supporting them I think in that way.
0: And one of my big things Erin was always, one of the things that we said to our church when we brought this to our church, well, one, we brought it to our leadership and I was like, this is a must. <laughs> our church must be doing this. Um, and anyway, they were like, yes, absolutely, we see this. And then when we brought it to the church, one of my big things was just say yes. Mm-hmm. You can say yes to something. You can say yes to a meal. You can say yes to a pack of diapers to to bring that. So just saying yes, a host family, yes, that can feel very daunting um, and also, if a host family does feel daunting, there are other things too, where it's like, we would like to just start as respite. I think we could do about three days and we'd like to provide host families with respite. There are other ways to do that. But yes, those other roles, safe families would not be successful if there were just host families that said yes and then had no support. We need, that's one thing too, that I think a host family could hear is that it is not only your responsibility to maintain relationships with this family. A family coach comes in and, and really communicates a lot with that birth family. And, and so you're not the only person maintaining relationships. There is a community maintaining relationships. So yeah, the family coach one is, is huge. And the resource friends who brings those diapers, the formula at our church, we have a safe family's closet. So sometimes people even ask, what can I do And we say, hey, we need this in the Safe Families closet. Can you bring that? And so lots of times, too, I think, especially as Christians, we want to serve. It is um, not—it is in our heart to serve. Sometimes we just don't know how. And so, yeah, the Safe Families ministry really offers opportunities for for you to serve in lots of different ways and to be a part of it because, yeah, it does. And I think of as a mother— how impossible it would be for me to mother without my friends, family, church community, it it would be impossible. So like you said, that is what we are working to provide for these families. So it is possible so their children can stay with them so they can be successful and so we can share the gospel with them. And truly by doing that, we are not just changing the children that come into our home. We are. And we are not just changing that birth family, but we are changing generations. And this generation has changed, and then this generation has changed. And so you're seeing, you know, we won't even get to see all that God is doing by us saying yes right now.
1: Yeah, I love that. I just love the thought of, like, the impact. And that's why it's a movement. It's not... It's not the programming that the agency is putting on. It's you as the volunteers that are ultimately making the impact and having those long-term relationships. We recently had a forum that the Western States for Safe Families National put on, and uh, the speaker talked about, imagine if the church was filling these needs and preventing these kids from going into state care so that the state could serve the kids that need to be in care. Yes, and the burdens off of that. Imagine how much better care these kids that are art like that are in foster care would receive, if there was a lesson of that burden, because the church is taking care of families and taking care of kids. And imagine the impact of that. And I just, that just stuck with me because yes. I think that's so important. There's what 14,000 kids in care right now in the state of Arizona, and. What if we prevented that by just loving families and giving them the supports that they need and wrapping around them and taking them out of isolation, yeah. breaking the cycles of what has been happening in their lives for generations, just by loving them and opening up our homes to them. So I think that's what's so important about safe families and about the work that you guys do as volunteers.
0: Yeah. And I think for families also, they, they see we are doing this because we love God and he commands us to love people. We are not paid for this. We are, we do this because we want to serve you. And for families, especially families who are coming from trauma, sometimes that's like a, they've just dealt with so much hurt in their life. That's like a, oh wait, you're doing this just just because you love us. No strings attached. No strings attached. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we got to our church. Um, we did host three girls and that was a very precious time for about two months for us in our church. But we, uh, with a family friend and another host family in our church, we decided to sponsor this family for Christmas and we got to, um, just provide gifts. We provided a meal. We, um, Asked for a Christmas lists from the girls, and so we got to go deliver this to them. We we dropped that all off to them, and the mom had just expressed. She said, "I didn't. I couldn't even get my children birthday gifts. We this. She she cried. She said this was huge for us. So those are the things where it goes beyond just in your home. Little things that that these parents see like wow they they really do." love us with no strings attached and, and they can't help but see God in that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause they're like, why? Like you're not foster care. You're not being paid. You're not an adoptive family. That's right. not the goal in mind. They parents keep custody the whole time. They can end the hosting early if they want. So it's so hard, I think for some people to wrap their minds around like, what is safe families? Mm-hmm. And they're like, are you sure you're not going to like call the state? and that's like, I'm not gonna have any control anymore. And so it's really hard. And that's where that relational piece is of why it's so important for that, for you to be able to meet that parent and um, ask them, tell me about their bedtime. Tell me about what does life look like for you? What are the kinds of foods that they like to eat? So I think that's what's so unique too, about say families. It's not transactional. Right. Like It's really just, it's about the relationship. Yes,
0: yeah. And definitely that's something that I love too, is yeah, being there. Um, seeing that parent, that parent seeing me because it has to be so hard to release your child so that they're seeing, um, seeing us, giving hugs, really meeting each other. And I think that is the beginning of forming a relationship with them. Satan doesn't love when God's work flourishes and he will work very hard to discourage you or make it seem like it's not the right thing to be doing. Um, but we have found, like even sometimes there was one time we, we had a hosting and our daughter, the very first night, something ended up happening to her wrist and she's crying and we're going through this and it felt very overwhelming at the time because we just got the new child in our home and I was like, wait a second, I know exactly what's happening here. I know what Satan is doing here. I know that he is making it seem so overwhelming that we would stop, we would say this was too much. Um, But we prayed through that and we knew that because when you do God's works, you're going to be attacked because Satan's going to leave the ones alone that that aren't working towards that. But the ones that are, he's going to do that. So we prayed through that and our daughter woke up the next morning, totally healed. Her wrist was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, They both, all the children slept fully through the night and we woke up refreshed, just thanking God that we were aware of the spiritual warfare and that we... Um made it through that because it could have very easily been like, nope, too much. Um, but, but we knew. And so we have pushed through those. And each time we're blessed by that. So I would say that's something to be aware of is that is to be aware of those things and praying through those and knowing that, um, yeah, God will bring us through and um, and help through that and not allow Satan to win. So,
1: how do you guys support each other during hosting?
2: I do. Most of the things around the house, I try to take care of all the dishes after dinner, um, you know, anything else that needs to be done. It's just like, all right, it's it's almost like, um, I don't know. Okay, it's game time, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you take on a bunch. Uh, I take on a bunch more than what I normally do, mainly because, um, you know, she has a lot more on her plate, too. Um, she does a lot of the taking care of, especially the babies that we have. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm busy just on the outside, supporting everything else. So it's it it's neat to be able to do that. It actually, feels really nice to be able to do that for her. So, and that's you know the point. So,
0: yeah I, I i think it's it is really neat to see that he he's an amazing husband and helpful even with our own children. But when we have those host children, just how he does take that on is really helpful and very. Um, supportive to me with caring for the children and something else that I have seen that I think is really important when you are hosting these children is it it is very easy for me as a woman and a mother to take on a mothering role of other children Mm -hmm. that does come naturally to me but it doesn't always come naturally to the husbands of children who aren't their own but to watch him we had some older girls to watch him I mean just even reading the Bible around the table or, or being an example to these children that come into our home of what what a man a godly man and godly father is that sometimes these children don't get to see that. Um, so that that has been really uh, really neat to, to see that and a support to me because to watch that we are not only investing in their physical, health and well-being, but that we're investing in their mental and spiritual well-being. And for them, especially girls that come into our home to see, oh, oh, this, this is what a man is like. This, this is not what I have seen of a man. I I like this. And yeah, so.
2: And there's so many different faces to that, though. Not just like showing to be a loving father, but also um, committed to what is, what would it be? Not discipline, but just um
1: uh, we like consistency, and yes
2: that. yeah and and seeing that while well, my kids can't get away with any everything, you know that kind of thing also um one instance that really uh impacted me was one night i I decided um a book that I really loved was is James <clears throat> and uh, I started reading through that with uh, with the three girls we had, and um, it just really hit close to home with them, I think uh, certain things in the first chapter about not showing partiality and um, afterward, the oldest was like can i can I keep that Bible on want to read more? I'm like Here's another one. Here's another one. Oops. And uh, so that was really, really cool. cool. So we kept doing that um, for the nights following during that week. And um, yeah, that was awesome. You know, I wasn't expecting that at all. So because she was really, you know, she pushed back more and pushed me as a as a father because I'm not used to kids that are almost teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, and she really was more in that mentality because she had to be older to take care of everybody, you know, yeah. in their instance. But, um, so just hearing that was just really neat because she, she opened up at that point and we talked a couple times, uh, before bedtime, that kind of thing. So it was
1: cool. That's awesome. I love yeah. hearing those stories and just the impact too, it had on you just being like, Oh, I didn't expect this. It's like mm-hmm. those unexpected things. And mm-hmm. And unexpected gifts of like when you're serving and you get to experience that yes. and have those opportunities to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say to someone who is interested in safe families, maybe doesn't really know where to start? How, what would
0: you recommend? Yeah, that's a great question. I would, well, one, if you are interested in safe families and not just interested, but very passionate. I would suggest that if your church is not doing it, that you bring it to your church. Um, I honestly, I almost felt like with Safe Families when we brought it to our church, I was like, here's like a boxed up perfect ministry. <laughs> um, I, I didn't ha- have to come up with ways on my own of how to serve this community of of um, the you know community around us that were struggling. And so that was really neat. I feel like they just... It is provided all for you to bring it to your church. This is the structure, you can do that. So that would be one thing I would say that if you are passionate, bring it to your church, bring it to your leadership, talk about it with them. And because I think every church should be doing it. Um, Second, if you feel like possibly leading is not something you can do, I would, Um, definitely contact safe families and figure out, because there are already churches that are in place that you could come under the wing of a church already doing it and be supported under the ministry model in whatever role that you wanted to do. Because I know as a ministry lead, we are always looking for every, everything I tell our church, um, here, we of course always want host families, but we want everything. So come be a part Um, of anything. And so I know that also, we would love to have people under the umbrella of our church, supporting them in whatever role they decide to take on. So that's something that Safe Families can even direct you to. Um, So- knowing, I think knowing that you'll be supported immediately in whatever role you decide really takes away half the battle of like, oh, okay, I can do this because it might feel um, a little scary if your church isn't doing it, which is fine. There are lots of churches serving already in that way that you could do that. So I would think... Um, contacting safe families, learning about the roles and really praying through those roles and deciding which one of those roles might fit where you think you could um, serve best. And that might be a little out of your comfort zone, one of them, um, but but just doing those. So I would say that. And then once you know one, of course there's some training and things that safe families would go over all of that with you, but um, yeah, I would think that, just searching those roles, finding the one that you feel God is really leading you to, and then just doing it, and then not worrying. You you would be cared for, you would be provided for, you would be supported, which is why the model is so beautiful in that way.
1: What about you, Tony? What? A, how would you encourage the dads that are maybe hesitant to say yes? What are things you would say to just encourage them?
2: Mm. I think I would say what I said to myself: "Get out of your way, get out of your way." Uh, I think that you know we all have selfish tendencies, you know, and and I like things, you know, consistent. You know, any change kind of throws me off a little bit unless I'm really mentally prepared for it. And and if you, oh, here was one <clears throat> someone had told me. At some point, I can't remember who it was or when it was, but it was the differences between, generally, between men and women, in that women's hearts caused them to do, men's actions caused them to feel. So um, that really affected my thinking. And that's where I came to that point, like, okay, I need to get out of my way, just do, and then my heart will follow. Mm-hmm. Right. So, <clears throat> and that's been the case, you know, and it gets better as the more we do, it becomes easier to do that. And, um, you know, so that it's, that's something that we don't necessarily understand about.
1: Yeah, I think safe families is just so important, and it's really one thing that has the opportunity to transform our communities. Mm-hmm. We see so many people hurting, and uh, we see that the need is going to increase. This last year has been weird. <laughs> we have mm-hmm. had a lot more support, um, and I that's going to run out, and so we're going to see a significant need um, for these families. And so that's my encouragement: is just to ask, mm-hmm. say yes. Like we want to support churches, we want to support. All of our volunteers, like our staff is here for that. So um, we just really want to encourage people to ask. Um, and I love that with Safe Families, you have the opportunity to say yes, but you can also say no. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're, we're not saying this hosting, this is for you. You have to do this. You're the one who gets to say yes, if that works um, for what's going on in your life at the time. And so um, the more host families, the better, because that gives you an opportunity to continue to maintain the relationships for the hostings that you've had while not getting you burnt out because that's hard. That's hard when um, you're taking a lot of hostings and not getting a lot of respite. So, um, we just really want to grow safe families and Mm -hmm. want to have that model, that full model, because that's what we've seen works. That's what works with your church Mm -hmm. and what we've seen has just helped you to have a thriving, safe family. So we're, we're so thankful for you. I'm thankful for, um, just your partnership. I think when I started with safe families, I didn't really know where to start. Mm -hmm. And then it really took coming into your home and starting (laughs) a host and to be like, I get it now. (laughs) I get it. Like I understand it. Let's go, Mm -hmm. let's grow. And let's really just transform our community in Arizona. I think that's, what's just so important to me and just really helping these families. Yeah.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Anything else? Well, I was thinking too, as you were talking as part of maintaining relationships. We have been, um, a few of the hostings we have done have been, uh, repeat hostings, which has been really neat. That's another natural process of maintaining a relationship yeah. is that because once you become somebody's village, you're their village. And, and so we get to develop deeper relationships through, repeat hostings. And, and as repeat hostings come, they get a little easier too, because you know, this child, the child knows you, this child, it's almost like their second home they're coming to, <coughs> which has been neat. The last one we had, um, right as this little boy's running <coughs> into our home, my girls just shout his name that he runs up to them and, um, just big embraces and, it, it has become neat. And at each one of those, it becomes easier for our girls even mm-hmm. to share or even be like, here, come, here's all my toys. Whereas before it was like, this is mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know the drill now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they know, um, yeah, we have really talked with them a lot of why, why we're loving on these families and what that means. And God has given us the opportunity to love on them, to to be able to give them back to their parents and it can be successful. And and I we also had an opportunity when we were hosting the girls, there was a beautiful thing that happened in that. Um, so because of the situation, the oldest girl really had to play a mothering role, um, which is not how it was intended to be, but it was how it was. And one of the things that I got to tell this girl was, God has given me the privilege to mother you during this time. During this time, I have been the privilege. You you don't have to do that. I get to mm-hmm. do that, and it is a joy for me to do that. And because I can imagine that could be a burden, mm-hmm. you know, on a child, and so it was a beautiful thing for for me to be able to express that to her. This is a privilege to us to have you in our home. This this is a privilege for us to make you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This this is a joy for us. And what that says to a child is more honestly mm-hmm. than we could even imagine for us to be able to express that to them and for them to see servanthood um, that they have not been able to see. And and these These mothers and these families, they love their children. Mm -hmm. There are just things in their lives that have prohibited them from being able to do um, the things that they have wanted to do. Whatever that is, addiction, trauma, anything that has happened in their life. So yeah, we get the privilege of providing that in our home. And then we get the privilege of teaching that to them. And then we get the privilege of seeing it being provided in their own homes. And so it's just an all around wonderful circle that God has created through safe families that I, I don't, you just can't get Mm -hmm. in any other way. Um, Well,
2: one thing I, I recall is um, being able to encourage them in a way a father can, that they might not have gotten Mm -hmm. their entire lives you know, you're super smart, you're strong, you know, use that, use that for, you know, creating a better life for your sisters, your mom, you know, that kind of thing. And that really can hit home, you know, can really stick. I mean, if you're the one person that did that, whereas everybody else just yells at them, you know, that kind of thing. So that's really powerful as well.
1: Well, thank you both for coming in today and just sharing your story and your heart for Safe Families. I think that's the ultimate encouragement for anybody interested. And if you are interested in Safe Families and what that looks like in Arizona, reach out to us. You can also go to our website below. And if you're not in Arizona, there are chapters all across the United States who would be happy to have you join their team of Safe Families. So thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Family Care Learning Podcast. If you found this content helpful or encouraging, please click that subscribe button and give us a review or share this with other families that might enjoy this type of content. Just a reminder, we have the full video of this podcast on our YouTube channel. And if you're a foster parent that needs continuing education credits, you can check us out at familycarelearning.org, where we have an entire catalog of foster care training courses. Family Care Learning is made possible by the donations from listeners like you. If you wish to support the work we do in strengthening families, feel free to make a tax-deductible donation at familycarelearning.org. Thank you.